Welcome to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Winsville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hangout, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. Okay, let's begin in three, two, uh. You know the difference between Nathan and me? What's that? Nathan thinks he's funny. And you don't think you're funny, Steve? I think Steve doesn't think he's funny. And I know I'm funny. Oh, okay. That'll work. Let's begin in three, two, one. Welcome to another Piney Pastors podcast. Uh, My name is Steve Hopped, and uh, I am with... Jason, say your name. Your name. Well done. Thank you. I'm with two guys who think they're funny. <laughs> Jason Myers and Nathan Smith. I won't even let them talk now. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna what's take the word? Control. I'm gonna I'm gonna take control and I'm gonna push it through. There you go. And uh, you guys you just listen. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, So today, we just finished, today is uh, September 15th, 14th, 14th. yeah, of 2021, and we just, this past Sunday, completed our year and a half or so sermon series through the book of Exodus, and so we thought we would take some time on a podcast today and just talk about uh, how that affected us, Uh, how going through, preaching through the book of Exodus how it affected us. Maybe uh, there's some things we learned or just some things that we we gained a, a keener appreciation for. And maybe some things we hope that our church um, got from uh, this preaching series. So mm-hmm. um, I, I personally enjoyed preaching through Exodus, I think more than I had thought I would. I, I think my going into Exodus, my my oh my thought about exodus was that it was it was going to be kind of dry you Let's know get this over with as quickly as we got can got the 10 commandments i got all <laughs> that stuff about the tabernacle Tedious. and yeah and uh i came out of it i just said to you guys a little while ago that i really enjoyed this sermon series and it it meant a lot to me and i think i i grew uh, a much greater appreciation for uh, the book of Exodus and maybe for just the Old Testament history narratives uh, all in, in total because mm-hmm. of just the, the joy of preaching through this book. So um, I think we'll start with what, uh, what are some things that either you learned or at least you gained a, a greater appreciation for uh, in preaching through Exodus. And I'll start with Nathan. Well, thank you, Steve, for allowing me to speak at this time. I wanted, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted you to be able to speak before Jason. Permission because, granted. Because you know. uh, he's likely to take everything, <laughs> yeah. everything good. Yeah. Oh, thanks. I get the first crack. Um, well, we've been preaching about the tabernacle for so long, it's almost hard to remember anything... <laughs> Prior to the tabernacle. Except that you had that great sermon on Sunday that 
kind of review oh, a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> great, fantastic sermon <laughs> summarizing the book of Exodus. Probably better than it's ever been summarized before. Uh, but <clears throat> the really, some of the things that stick out in my mind right now are related to the tabernacle because we've spent... Mm-hmm. Recency How many bias. months? Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of the things that I um, that became more clear to me, I think I had seen it before, um, done some study that pointed it out to me, but it just became really clear to me in a way that was helpful. How the tabernacle and then subsequently the temple um, were a a um, Re, kind of, um, not a not a reincarnation, but a <laughs> um, a reformulation of the Garden of Eden, the place where God yeah. um, <clears throat> dwelt, where He drew near to His people, and um, and then seeing that same theme carried on into, uh, well, in now in, in the kingdom that God is dwelling with His people in the church Mm -hmm. that we are the tabernacle and then on into the new creation that God will dwell with his people in perfect uninterrupted communion. Um, so just that whole theme of, of the garden, um, I'd never, never seen it that clearly carried on into the tabernacle and the temple. So uh, that's been really cool. Mm -hmm. And it gives a greater appreciation for all of the, um, Really, the, the whole Exodus, but then going on into Leviticus and the giving yes. of the law, and all um, really the whole Pentateuch, just seeing it more how uh, closely it hangs together, and seeing that theme of God's <coughs> dwelling place being with his people. So, yeah, it's been helpful. Praise the Lord. Jason? Yes. Oh, same question. Same question. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, the whole book, just trying to see it through, as you summarized on Sunday, uh, that he is the covenant God who reveals himself to his people as Savior, Sustainer, one who speaks to them and settles among them. Um, I think s- seeing that uh, picture throughout, as you were talking before, um, we started this podcast that uh, really is a biblical theological theme throughout Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we see almost like, uh, just like in the book of Genesis, it's a book of beginnings that much of what we see there, we see throughout the rest of scripture. I think same thing here is in Exodus that, um, as you talked about with the garden of Eden being, uh, kind of reformulated, replicated in a sense, uh, even, even with the burning bush where God is speaking with Moses and it's holy ground because God's presence is there. You see that in the t- mm-hmm. tabernacle and the right. temple and, um, with his people now by his spirit and, and uh, where his people are gathered, and then one day um, all the earth will be that. And y- you see that God is this God who saves, sustains, speaks, and settles among his people throughout all of Scripture. Yeah. And that's the climax, the culmination of it. Um, but um, in addition, maybe more uh, uh, specifically, I was really helped by going through Exodus 19 and 20. Um, Exodus 19 about the covenant just mm-hmm. the, the the beginning of the covenant and being and, and, and being um, tasked with preaching through this as opposed to just reading it 
um, diving in, how do I explain this? But I have to wrap my head around it first and then communicate it in a way that's clear. Um, and that's that was that was challenging thinking through the Ten Commandments that way and thinking through the covenant. Uh, but it was really helpful and it sharpened much of my understanding of uh, the distinction between the old and the new covenant. It sharpened some of my understanding of how, in particular, how we are to receive the covenant commands of God in the Old Testament as new covenant believers. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we see this? How does it work in real life? And it was made, um, God graciously made it more clear in my mind and um, therefore more enjoyable. And so when I'm reading passages throughout Old or New Testament, give us commands, give us exhortations, I'm seeing them through the lens of this new covenant work of God through of, of Christ on behalf of his, um, you know, saved sinners. Mm-hmm. It's is um, it still carries a force, a weight to it. Um, specifically, seeing the through the Ten Commandments, the idea of um, the person of God that stands behind the principle of each commandment, that which has each has a precept. Yeah, was kind of uh, again really foundational for me in thinking through all of God's commandments, all of His exhortations, and all of Scripture. Seeing that this way, um, it's been really really helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. So. The covenant God revealed was our tagline for the mm-hmm. series, and Jason, I think you came up with the S's, um, the God who uh, saves us mm-hmm. and then sustains us and speaks to us and settles among his people. But but even more, just I really appreciated how I think more and saw more clearly how God was revealing himself in the Ten Commandments, for example, I mean, the Ten Commandments themselves are a revelation of God's character. Um, and uh, so just all the different ways that God revealed himself to the people of, e- of Israel. And then uh, through that is revealing himself to us. Uh, so I think I got just a clearer picture of who God is yep. through, mm-hmm. through preaching, through Exodus. And it was... Uh, just a blessing. I, I think I also just gained, Nathan, well, you both have alluded to this, how the Bible just hangs together. This, mm-hmm. the, it was, it's, we were forced to preach this from a, a new covenant viewpoint. We wanted to be faithful to the text, and we wanted to be faithful to what it was saying to those people in that context. Mm-hmm. But we would be negligent if we didn't also say, but the New Testament is interpreting this for us, and it is teaching us that it is pointing to, ultimately, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And just the beauty of the Bible written by so many different people, and yet all inspired by one God. Yeah. <laughs> There's one, one spirit that has inspired all these different men to uh, write these books and um, all put together by uh, an omniscient God. And just the beauty of all the layers and the beauty of all the different parts. And um, and I love the fact that in our church that we have uh, what one author called team preaching so that we're seeing, uh, hopefully it was, it was beneficial to the people to hear uh, from three different preachers, a slightly different nuanced way of looking at it, uh, at, at, at Exodus or, or God or 
or whatever that that text was Mm -hmm. because um we all three bring different experiences and and different just a slightly different uh way of looking at things and and so i hope that was beautiful to the people well and 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 seeing there's more to be seen and in the bible than we can see individually or even yeah together um so there's more to be seen even in exodus than we preach through we preached a year and a half plus but there's more there Um, trust me jason wanted it to be four and a half years at least (laughs) per chapter uh but also um, as you talked about the, the beauty of the unity of the Bible and the beauty beauty of the unity of Exodus itself, I I, it, I saw more clearly that it was there's a uh, truly is a masterpiece of writing itself um, as it is connected and they're harmonious and it flows and just how it's written. Sometimes it doesn't make sense right off the bat. Like why would that be there? Why would that be there? But then in reading through it, studying it, preaching through it, you're going, well, that actually is really helpful and makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a progression through as God reveals himself in different ways. Yes. To the yeah. 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 And there's there's clear overlaps. And yes, but yet there there is clear um, structure in Exodus. And my uh, my dad actually, uh, before he was a Christian in college, took a class on um, the Bible as literature from a secular university from a non-Christian professor. And he said that he was just amazed um, at the Bible is just a masterpiece of literature. Mm-hmm. And um, actually that led him to be listening to preaching more and then he mm-hmm. got saved from that. Um, so yeah, I think just seeing and showing some of that, the beauty of the structure and the unity of scripture is really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> I mentioned this a few minutes ago, but it's helped me to see the unity of the Pentateuch, just how, uh, I mean, I've read through the Bible a number of times, but just really studying Exodus and then there's no break going into Leviticus. Exactly. Really. It just, it flows naturally right yep. into Leviticus. Right. And um, for whatever reason, even having read through the Bible numerous times, it never seemed that clear to me. Like, oh, this is, this is the next logical step. Of course this follows. Right. I've always thought of Leviticus kind of as a standalone. Well, this is all about the priesthood. And, <clears throat> yes. But no, it's all about... God dwelling among his people and how that's possible mm-hmm. through the sacrificial system. Which, Ultimately, pointing is a shadow that's <clears throat> pointing towards the one who's casting that shadow, Christ. Right. right. Yeah. The shadow and the substance. Mm-hmm. Uh, one common theme that we preached over and over again, and that was one of the challenges, I think, in Exodus, because there were so many themes that were repeated in various different ways. One theme that that came up over and over again is just the distinction between the holiness, the moral purity of God Mm -hmm. and the unholiness and the moral depravity of people. And uh, what I think I just grew more and more in in love with God, more appreciative of what he has done, the lengths he has gone, the steps that he has taken in order to have a relationship with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I... even again, when I reiterated on Sunday that verse where, where God says, I, I will not go with you, he says, after the, the people had, had worshipped the golden calf, and even after they had repented mm-hmm. and Moses had interceded, God still says to them, in, uh, it's in verse 30, or chapter 33, I believe, right? He says, go, you need to go, but I won't go with you. 
because if I do, I will consume you. Mm-hmm. Even if I were with you for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and yet the the people heard that disastrous word. Yeah. And and were so sorry. It says they mourned and they were sorrowful because they knew that there was they needed God to be with them. They need. We all have that need within us to to relate to God, to commune with God. We and it, so they they repented yet again, and and Moses interceded again, and, and God said, "Yes, He relented, so I will go with you." And then they began building the tabernacle. But uh, just that contrast between God and the people, and what God has done, uh, eventually crushing his own son so mm-hmm. that he mm-hmm. could dwell in us and among us. Wow. How great is our God? Well, and I, I was struck yeah. by when you were saying that, Steve, how it became, again, highlighted and made more clear. There, the word grace is not found in Exodus. Gracious is only twice. Yes. Uh, mercy only a couple of times outside of the phrase mercy seat, which is not even the best translation of that phrase. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, it, it's it's rare actually this that talking this way and yet it is seen in abundance the oh. fact that he is so holy and mm-hmm. his people were so sinful and yet he was so gracious to them and didn't and what Paul does and what Peter does what James does what John does what we see in the New Testament is an explanation of what we have seen throughout right. all of history and mm-hmm. of God redeeming his people all by grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and that that's highlighted, I think, even more when you see not only the the holiness of God, but also in Exodus, you see the wrath of God and yes. that his his holiness and his wrathfulness are together um, the necessary backdrop to see clearly the grace of God. And um, yeah, that's that's helpful just to see. Nathan, I saw yeah. you paging furiously through your Bible. Yeah. You have something for us. Oh, furious paging. <clears throat> Well, this is, uh, it's connected to that, especially the, um, the wrath of God, but just something else that was kind of re-impressed upon me as we were going through Exodus is the, um, the fact that God, God's deepest motivation in acting is for the glory of his name. Amen. Yes. Um, that. <clears throat> when he acted in wrath towards Pharaoh and the Egyptians or towards the people of Israel when they needed discipline <clears throat> or when he acted in mercy yeah. um, in grace, it was to show the glory of his name. I was just, it's here in a number of places, but um, I furiously turned to Exodus chapter seven where God is, um, proclaiming his sovereignty over all that's happening. Verse 3 says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart. This is in the the um, God's promised deliverance, but it's before the plagues begin. It says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt, Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my hosts, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. And then he says, The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord mm-hmm. when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the people of Israel, bring out the people of Israel from among them. And, um, that God is, is bringing the people out 
yes, it's for their good. Yes, it's um, that they would know him, that they would um, worship him. But he's also displaying his absolute supremacy over every earthly power and every Amen. Uh, every false god. And it's so that this powerful, quote-unquote, powerful nation <clears throat> would know that he is the Lord. The Pharaoh's not the Lord. Yeah. Ra, the sun god, is not the Lord. Well, in Exodus 14, he says, Yahweh is the Lord. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And this verse 17 right. says, And I will get glory over Pharaoh. And verse 18, When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Right. Yeah, that, that was his plan all along. Which <clears throat> made me think of the the other really... Uh, it's uh, it, You have to infer it, but it's, it's true that all along the way, what God is doing with Israel... And whether it's against Egypt or for Israel, it's preserving the line of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's Amen. his promise. It's his covenant right. promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that there would be one of Abraham's seed, which goes back to um, even to Adam yeah. and that Genesis Eve 3. from Genesis 3, that you will have a child who will one day be the Savior. Mm-hmm. And um, that this just is was necessary. This was absolutely necessary um, to carry it on. All the way through till when Jesus came. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, this may be a somewhat off-the-wall question, but when we prepare to preach, when we're helping each other with the, the our sermons, one question that we I know you guys often ask me is, what is your prayer for the people that hear this message? What are you praying that God will do in people's hearts? Uh, through this message. And so I just wanted to ask you if and what is your prayer that having sat through a year and a half of preaching on the book of Exodus, what is your prayer for the people of Piney Ridge Church? That they will remember everything we said. Every last point mm-hmm. of every message. Yeah. Uh, for me, Once it again, would be... Once again, think they're funny. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it would be um, I mean, a lot of things, but probably primarily what you shared a few minutes ago, Steve, that people would see God more clearly. They would know him better mm-hmm. and love him, be more submitted to him, um, just recognizing his absolute power and sovereignty, his wisdom, his his um his goodness his mercy his mm-hmm. steadfast love and <clears throat> and love him and and um and and see i think the futility of opposing him of not mm-hmm. submitting to him yeah. in any area of our lives uh, because he is so absolutely sovereign and yeah. um and because he is for his he's working for our good so to resist him is to resist our good, his good yeah. leadership of us. So yeah. that would be my prayer that people, mainly that people see more of the character of God and Amen. love him more. Yeah, I mean, if, if Exodus is about the covenant of God revealing himself, is that they would see him and then respond to him in that, mm-hmm. from what he shows himself to be. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't say anything different than that, um, like as in contrary to, but I would just add that to that maybe that... Um, my prayer 
is that people would also, um, in connection with seeing and loving God more and trusting him more, that they would see and love his word more and trust it more. Mm -hmm. Seeing something of the beauty, as we said, of the harmony and the unity and the uh, just the, um, the glory of God's word that um, if we're to be God-centered, we must be word-centered. And so to love the preaching of the word, to say, I, I, I need to read this word. I need to hear it read. I need to hear it proclaimed and taught. This is something that we need to be talking about. It's something that helps us to share with others, whether they are part of our church or whether they are um, completely lost, that we get to share something of um, of such divine glory and beauty that God uses it with great power. It's a living and active, active word by his spirit mm-hmm. to transform and to save people. Amen. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think, to, to love the Old Testament, because I, I feel like most followers of Christ love the New Testament, yeah, and and want to read it, but often balk <laughs> at reading the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that, uh, in particular, that, that that people grew in love for that portion yeah. of the Bible, the the Old Testament, and that it has something to say. That it does point. It's a necessary, mm-hmm. and you, you made that point a couple of weeks ago, yep. Jason, that it's, it's a necessary part of the Bible that we need to read because we don't get the full picture. Yeah, and and hopefully, don't. hopefully, prayerfully, our prayer um, maybe should be also that, um, I don't know, it has been, that not only would they become more committed to and in love with reading God's word, including the Old Testament, but they would be more equipped, better equipped to do so. Right. To, yeah. to read it in light of the new covenant we have in Christ and seeing it clearly. Right. Second uh, Corinthians 4, you know, I quote this often in my sermons, but Second Corinthians 4 says uh, in verse, I can't hardly see it anymore. <laughs> with the, they're so small. I think it's verse 18. And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Um, My prayer is that we all, the three of us and our church, have beheld the glory of God Mm -hmm. in the book of Exodus. And through that beholding, have been transformed more into the image of Christ. I'm so taken with the 34th chapter of Exodus where Moses in chapter 33 had said, show me your glory. Mm -hmm. And so God commands him once again (laughs) to climb Mount Sinai. And and then God uh, descends, it says in verse 5, the Lord Yahweh descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed Yahweh, Yahweh, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And then verse 8, and Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth. Mm -hmm. 
and worshiped. Amen. And my prayer, and I know all of our prayer, is that that will be the effect that beholding the glory of God will always have on us. That uh, that God, and my prayer is that God will continue to reveal himself in his word, that we will be looking, as the Israelites had to keep looking at the cloud to know when to leave and when to stay, that we will keep our eyes on Jesus in his word, and that our response will ever be to bow our heads and worship, mm-hmm. and that we'll Amen. be changed. Does anybody else have something that they were wanting to say about our journey through the book of Exodus? Nope. No, sir. All right. Well, we thank you for listening, and we'll let David Neighbor close it off for us. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. We have a new podcast each week, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes. For more information about Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri, visit us online at pineyridgechurch.org. That's P-E-I-N-E, ridgechurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Piney Ridge. That's all for today. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning.